Welcome to the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. This is the place where you'll learn cutting-edge personal brand strategies from today's most recognizable influencers. We're going to teach you how to build a rock-solid reputation and then how to turn that reputation into revenue. I'm your lead host, Rory Vaden, co-founder of Brand Builders Group, Hall of Fame speaker, and New York Times bestselling author of Take the Stairs. Hey, my new friend, Mark Victor Hansen, introduced me to somebody that you are about to meet, Dr. John Martini. And Mark and Crystal, who we had on the show several months ago, said, you got to have Dr. Martini on. He is incredible. They've known each other for 38 years. But Dr. Martini is a world-renowned specialist in human behavior. So he's a researcher. He's an author. He studied over 30,000 books, which I thought was pretty amazing. That's just a, a wide on, on a number of topics, but that's a bunch of books. He's been on Larry King Live. He regularly contributes to Oprah Magazine. And I've been just following him online here recently, tuning into to what he's up to and getting to know one another. So anyways, Dr. Martini, welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me. I've been looking forward to it. Thank you. Yeah. So, so tell us a little bit about how you got started. I mean, you and I were just kind of rapping that you've known Mark Victor Hansen for 38 years. So you, you've been around the industry for a while. Would love to just kind of hear how you get started and then kind of like, what is your business model and how is your business model? Did it begin and how has it evolved over the years in terms of like, you know, the different revenue streams that you focus on? <laughs> Okay. I had an arm and leg deformity when I was a child and a speech impediment. I went to a speech pathologist and specialist for that. In first grade, I was told that I would never be able to read or write or communicate effectively. Probably wouldn't go very far in life or amount to much. I had to wear a dunce cap back in 1959-60. I made it through elementary school by asking kids questions. What did they learn from the book? What did they learn from the class? And if they told me stuff, I would get enough to kind of sort of pass. When I turned 12, my parents moved from Houston, Texas to Richmond, Texas. We went to a low socioeconomic country area. There weren't a bunch of smart scholarly kids. I didn't have a team to help me. I failed. I dropped out of school and I lived on the streets. But I was okay in standing on a surfboard. I started doing that at nine. But Texas was not the surf capital. I had to (laughs) wait for a hurricane to get any waves. So I made my way out. 14, I hitchhiked out to California and lived in Huntington Beach for part of the summer and then hitchhiked down into Mexico and surfed California and Mexico. At 15, I left there and got enough money panhandling to go and fly to Hawaii. I lived under a Kamehameha Highway Sunset Bridge. Then I lived in Iakai Beach Park under a park bench, then in a bathroom, abandoned car, and finally a tent kept social climbing. I was riding waves and got pretty good at it. Got to hang out with some of the top surfers, got in a few magazines and movies and books. And then I nearly died at 17. At 17, I was in the recovery of that. I was led to a little health food store and then eventually to a yoga class to try to overcome my neuromuscular problem that I had. There one night, I met Paul Bragg. And one night, one hour, this man who was inspired and a very enthusiastic man spoke and talked about what we can do with our lives. He talked about we had a body, a mind, and a soul, and a body must be directed by the mind, and mind must be guided by the soul in order to maximize our our life. When he spoke that night, 
He said that we need to set goals for ourselves, our family, our community, our city, our state, our nation, our world for and beyond for 100, 120 years. Nobody ever talked to me like this. And I could understand and it was simple. And he, and he said that what you think about, what you visualize, what you affirm, what you feel, what you, what you do and what you write determines your destiny. And so that night was the first time in my life I thought maybe I could overcome my learning problems. And I thought I could someday become intelligent. And with his inspiration that night, I set out on a quest to try to overcome my learning problems. I eventually left Hawaii and I flew to LA and I hitchhiked back to Texas. And I prepared for a GED and passed. GED is a high school equivalency. I passed that and I tried to go back to college and I failed. And I was distraught sitting on my living room floor. And my mom and dad were encouraging. But my mom said to me that, that day when I failed, son, whether you become a great teacher like you dream about, because at night I met Paul Bragg, I had a vision that I would overcome my learning and learn how to speak properly and be able to teach. He said, whether you become a great teacher and travel the world like you dream, whether you return to Hawaii and ride giant waves or whether you go to the streets again, just want to let you know that your father and I are going to love you no matter what. When she said that, my hand went into a fist. I looked up and I said to myself, I'm going to master this thing called reading and studying and learning. I'm going to master this thing called teaching. And I'm going to do whatever it takes. I'm going to travel whatever distance. I'm going to pay whatever price to give my service with love across the planet. I'm not going to let any human being or myself stop me now. And I got up and I hugged my mom. I went in my room and I got a dictionary out. And I started memorizing 30 words a day. And she would test me on 30 words a day until my vocabulary was strong enough to learn and pass school. And I did. And I eventually started to excel. And I'm now 18. And slowly but surely, people started asking me questions because I started to excel in school. And I started to have students asking me questions and mentoring. And it went from one to two to about 15. By the time I finished my first little two years in school, I went to the University of Houston. I started having 100, 150, sometimes 400 people a day under the trees. And I would do my yoga and they would ask questions and I'd have a following of students. Wow. When I went on to professional school, I started doing classes seven nights a week. I would speed read books. By then, I was learning how to speed read. But I was speed reading, read four to seven books in the morning and then do a presentation at night. And that's how I paid my way through college and professional school. When I got out of school and I still opened up my practice, I was teaching every single night. And I generated patience from doing talks. And everywhere and anywhere I could find a place from breakfast clubs, luncheon clubs, you name it, anywhere where there was a speaker might be used, I went to go and offered my speaking services. And I generated patience from that. That led me to have a TV show on Channel 20 on health, Dr. Martini's Health Hens. And then I started doing that in my office. They'd film it live for my audience, and we would talk about patients and care. And then I started doing more, and then I figured out how to grow my practice. Went from a little 970-square-foot office to a 5,000-square-foot office, from one assistant to five doctors and 12 assistants. And people wanted to know, what the heck did you do? And all I did is I prioritized things and delegated things and stuck to what I did best, which was being a man on a mission with a message and speaking and engaging people. And then doing clinical work, and I prioritized my patients and got the doctors to do certain ones, and I did the most influential ones, and tenfolded my income. And then in different professions, they started asking me to speak on 
clinical practice and growing practices and things and mindset. And I was studying everything and anything I could get my hands on. Any possible thing that might help maximize human awareness and potential, I was devouring. And that reading, you know, sometimes 20 books a weekend, I was just devouring and devouring and devouring, learning everything I could and speaking as many, every single time I could. Because when you're told you'll never be able to read and write or speak, and then you find out you can, it's pretty inspiring. And what was your practice? So you're, led, you're, you're a clinical psychologist. I, I, was a car, I was a chiropractor. I was a chiropractor. Ah. That's where I met, that's where I met Mark Victor Hansen at a chiropractic convention in Las Vegas. There are about, I don't know, 6,000 doctors there. And I was a speaker there. And that's where he and I hooked up. And then we ended up doing some things together. We created a, an album of what they called audio cassette album back in those days, how to build a your practice. Mm-hmm. And that led me to speaking to other health professionals and then other businesses. And then, and I was, I started writing books at 23. So my first book was at age 23. I've written over, I don't know, 200 books now. I kind of, most of them are big textbooks that are going to different specialties, but a lot of them, are, I got probably four. I'm about to do 10 more new books that are coming out. Publisher just did a 10 book deal. And so I write, I research, I teach every day of my life. I just, it started to grow and I started to go from the United States throughout all the states, all but two states I've gotten to speak in. And then it went into Canada, then it went into France and Spain and Italy, and it started going into Europe. And it just kept growing. And I I, I kept getting opportunities. And in I, the beginning, so in the beginning, you were, I, you were, you started speaking, but you were making money from being a chiropractor. So you were speaking for well, free. No, I, I, I no, no. My first money that came from speaking started at the University of Houston. I started doing tutoring and I got paid a very small amount. And then when I went to professional school, I started to, I, I tried this love donation bit. You know, you put a bowl out and whatever you want to pay kind of thing. Nobody loved me. <laughs> so I, I decided to pay 20, make them pay $20. And the second I valued myself, so did the group. And it grew. I started charging $20 for a little evening talk. And that kept growing. It just spread throughout the city. So you're so doing I made public, over you're basically a public seminar model at that point. You're like in professional school yeah. selling tickets. Yeah. And I did I did over $100,000 a year at 23 years old doing talks, which is pretty good back then, and paid my school and I didn't have debt and I could buy all the books I wanted because I just, all I cared about is buying books. I want to catch up and read and, and study. I wanted to study the greatest teachings on the planet. And so that I, my teaching model, I was paid from 23 on and I, I, I got paid even when I was in practice, I got paid to speak and then I got generated patients from it. So I got double paid and then I, they buy books and they buy it. I made audio cassette tapes. I, I had, I had 900 audio cassette tapes by the time I was 20, about 29, 30, I had 900 audio cassette tapes on different topics of health uh-huh. and, uh, and growth and personal development. And made albums out of it. So I had tons of albums and things that was going on. I just, every time I talk, I recorded it and people wanted a copy of it. I had a Marantz recorder and I had a duplicating machine, two of them. So I could create six duplicating machines at the back of the room and they would get a live presentation. And then that was my advertisement. As I spoke, they would get copies of that. They'd tell it and they'd give them to the friends. And then I had the backlogs of all these other talks and they'd buy a bunch of those So I had a a revenue model and then they were coming in as a patient. So I had a good revenue model. And then I had the TV expression. So you were selling tickets to come to the event and then you are selling tapes at the back of the room and then you're getting clients out of there for your practice. 
And then and I was then, doing consulting too. For and companies? So I was getting clients from that to consulting. Yeah, I was doing, I did a lot of the, you know, oil companies in Houston, Texas, where we started. And I did presentations to them on ergonomics and health, health reducing healthcare costs and things. And then that was generating business too. Plus they buy a products because I had, I had a bunch of books by then and tapes and they were buying those and they didn't have to pay me if I could sell product. They had to have to pay or they'd uh, do a, a product sale. Either one I was prepared. And that, I never stopped that. I still did that. And then in those days, you know, there was no internet and there's no fax and all that stuff. But we just did, we, we sent out these little cards to notify these little mailer cards. We'd stamp these little mass mailing cards out and the people would come. We'd have, you know, hundreds of people coming to programs. And then I, I had other conferences. Once I had products, conferences could have me come on and speak because then they could do a revenue share and they didn't, the fees, they could afford the fees because I'd have a fee and then they would split the revenues on the product and they'd get their feedback. So they, they liked me because I could, I could, you know, make it cost effective. They didn't really have to pay anything and they made money off me. So they, they didn't mind me speaking. And I just kept those opportunities growing. I didn't have any slick marketing. I just, I just made sure my dad said, if I, if I deliver more than people expect, I I'll, won't worry about business. And I found that to be true. If I, if I deliver something that's unique and present something that's inspiring and meaningful and practical that they can use immediately to generate opportunities or money or business or more fulfillment, then there's always business. So I, I just found that, that I've never been a slick marketer. I don't really know all that stuff. I've hired people. I, all I do is research, write, travel, teach. To this day, I, I live on my ship and I basically research, write, travel, teach and do podcasts all day and webinars and write books. So and travel. So I never stopped that model. I just kept doing it. I've spoken in 163 countries now and millions and millions of people. So I, I, I had a dream to travel and step foot in every country on the face of the earth. I still got a few more countries to reach. And I've, I've held a vision of that since for 49 years. I'm going on my 50th year. This will be the 50th year of speaking. I mean, this is just so, so wonderful. <laughs> and it's, it's amazing to see so much of the path because this would be, so I'm in like I mean, the first time I got paid for a speech was like 2005. That's kind of crazy to think. I'm not even in year 20. I, I started speaking for free when I was in high school, right? Coming out of high school, which was like 2000, 2000, 2001. But the first time I got $5,000 for a speech, like really paid, I think was 2004, 2005, something like that. You know, so I'd, I've been in 15 years coming on 20 and so many of these concepts apply exactly the same. You're speaking for free and then you're selling at the back of the room and then you, you, know, you know, people are hearing about you. And I think it's, it's really amazing. So talk to us a little bit about how your business changed. I do want to hear about the boat because I think that's super interesting. You're on a boat right now. If y'all didn't pick that up, Dr. Martini has been on a boat for a long time, actually here the last couple of years. So I want to hear about that. But how did your business change or not change so that happens, you know, in the 80s, the 90s, and then 2000 hits, the web comes out, 2005, social media, podcasting starts to come on the scene. Did you basically just like transition what you were doing to those platforms? And, you know, it's kind of like, oh, I was doing tapes and then I did CDs and then I did MP3 downloads and then I did learning management system or like, tell us a little bit about how life evolved post 2000. Well, CDs in the 90s, CDs came in. 
audio cassettes still sold. I still had some audio cassettes, but the CDs started coming in and then we converted to CDs. But, you know, I learned at age 27 not to do anything but what my core competence is, which is research, write, travel, teach. So I don't do anything else. I haven't driven a car in 32 years. I haven't cooked since I was 24. I haven't done administrative written checks or done any, you know, hiring or firing or managing. Or I learned it to age 27 after reading The Time Trap by Ella McKenzie, not to do anything other than what is absolutely most inspiring to you if you want an inspiring life. So I delegate everything. And I hire people that know what they're doing that do that. And so if it's time to go to CDs, I find somebody that takes care of all that. And I just put them in place. And I, to this day, still stick to that model. I don't. So I haven't really done anything except teach, research, write, and travel since 27. I'm 67 now, 68, going on 68. So so 40 years, that's all I've done. I don't do the other. My day consists of reading, writing, teaching, or doing interviews or movies or something. That's that's it. I don't do the, I don't do anything else. I don't make those other decisions. I learned that from Warren Buffett and I, I don't, I do what I do. My core competence, I know what it is. I stick to it. I don't waver from it. But I surrounded myself with people. So if somebody, if we if we need to go to CDs, we get somebody that packages and organizes and does that. If we're going now to internet marketing, then I get somebody to do that. But I don't sit there and try to do my learning curve and do all that. I, I just hire people around me to do that. So to this day, I couldn't tell you how it's all being done behind the scenes. I just know I have competent people that take care of that for me. My objective is to do as many podcasts and do as many webinars and do as many speakings and as many, as many books and share as many insights as I can on this planet. That's all I care about and oh, travel the I, world. I love it. So you're now you're living on a boat, though. So you're not you're clearly not doing in-person speaking events. You're well, I, I did until I, I've been living on this ship for 20 years. So I, I, I got this in 2001. So, oh. so I, I, after 9-11, I was living in Trump Tower in New York, right underneath the Donald there. And we were up in the top of the building. And But when 9-11 occurred, my wife said, no, this is, I don't want to be here in New York right now. We had some homes in Australia also. So we, she got a helicopter in the street and got out of there real quick. And we got to Australia. But I told her, I said, look, I'm not scheduled to be in Australia but four times. If you're going to live there, we need to come up with plan B. So I found out about the the world, the ship called the world, which is a private condominium, luxury condominium that sails around the world to all the countries. And I, that matched my belief system because I've said the universe is my playground. The world is my home. Every country is a room and house. Every city is a platform to share my heart and soul since I was 20. I've been internal dialogue. So it matched. So I, I bought that as an anniversary present. So we lived on here until she passed. And I've been on here, but I've been traveling by flights. I still did 350 plus speeches a year by still flying and shipping. So if I'm on my ship, then I will go places. If not, I fly. So I'll get on and off. But since COVID, the flying has stopped. So I'm now just full-time on the ship, just going place to place and doing much of it on Zoom so, yeah, so or you, on these other mediums. Well, you're not, but you're not <laughs> seeing, I mean, clearly at some point, the chiropractor patients stopped. And well, then- I sold, I sold the practice. I sold the first practice to two of my docs of the five gotcha. and I became financially independent at that time. And then I opened up another part-time consulting and practice. I did only for very special patients. I still did a little bit of practice by 1990. I 89, I was not full-time practice. I was full-time speaking and consulting. And still to this day, I still consult. 
I still do consulting as it comes in. I don't go out promoting it. I don't do any marketing for it, really. I just it, It's on the website if people want to do it. But I still do coaching consulting. I don't like to call it coaching, but just consulting with executives and various types of people, entrepreneurs, students. But I don't, I don't drive that. It just happens. You know, I, I've done, I can do 200 in a year or something, maybe, maybe more, but that's not my main business. I may do so a day and a half to that on that. On consulting? But yeah, so, so your revenue streams now from the ship for the last couple of years is <clears throat> people will hire you to speak. You do virtual keynotes. Yeah. You have private coaching slash consulting clients. And then are you, and then, and then what else? Like book deal? Like you, you know, I, writing web, webinars. Deal? I have webinars. Most of my income is still webinars. I have 80 different courses that I teach that I do pretty regularly. The, the one, the breakthrough experience, which is my signature program, I've done 1,140 times. So I, I do that consistently. Donald told me that. He says, you can, if you're going to do something, build a brand and do it, build momentum, incremental momentum by doing it and over and over and over again until the people recognize it. So I've done that one. That's my signature program. But I have a series of programs that are multi-day programs that I still do. That's primary generation. I definitely have book royalties, but they're not, that's not, you know, major. It's, that's secondary. That's just added, but I'm, I'm getting ready to do 10 more books. They're in the making now, but most of it's webinars you know, the live webinars that I do or live that presentations you, that I do. So and this is just this is so fascinating. So when you say a webinar, <laughs> you're saying people are buying an individual seat at a virtual event that you're hosting and leading. Yes. Yes. So and it's effectively be, the a, same thing you were doing at the University of Houston under trees. People were paying money to come get tutored. They're just paying 20 bucks per whatever. You're still doing that more or less just virtually. Someone buys a ticket, comes yeah, but, to your event. Yeah, but they're not $20 anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that, that's the awesome part is the price just keeps going. It just goes up over time. But but the, the part that's fascinating to me is that like you basically said, I'm going to do these four things. And for the most part, your core model, it sounds like, has been public seminar, what I would call public seminars. It's anybody from the public can buy a ticket and come, you know, you started doing it for free. You were mentoring a couple students. Then it comes into, you know, hundreds of people, then it's 20 bucks a head. And now it's whatever it is a price for, but, but your people are buying a ticket and then they're coming to an event and anyone can pay their own admission to come and, and just learn from what you, you have learned. And that, that hasn't really changed. That's been the core through your whole career. And then out of that, you've gotten keynotes and consulting and you've sold some products and you also had your practice that you sold off. But like just basically hosting public educational events, you basically has been your main business the whole career. Yeah, I think I've made about a quarter of a billion dollars doing that. So I think that that's been a good model. But I think- I would say you know, so. I mean, that's- that's not nothing. A quarter of a billion dollars is that's a pretty good bit of coin. Yeah. The thing is speaking, you know, because I had a speech impediment, speaking is probably the most inspiring thing I get to do. Mm. And because I had a learning problem, learning and delivering something that's novel and unique to people, you know, it's original information. It's not something that's canned from somebody else. I don't copy people. I create original ideas that serve people and synthesize and syncretize information. So I've, I've, I've done a lot of reading to try to distinguish that from just anybody out there. It's solid information. So that, that's my core thing. I just do it every single day. So that you, you, somebody, 
I have people sometimes coming back to a program multiple times because they they want they know there's something new every time. How do That's you get part of my to- model is just to continue. Even if I do the same program, it's I keep refining and adding and building and and educating myself. That's my responsibility. Uh huh. Yeah, I've always kind of <clears> thought of myself as almost like a sieve right? Like as the reason people pay me is not for the time with me, they're paying me for the time I've spent condensing information from other places. And that seems very much like how how you view yourself. How do you get people to come? I mean, at this point, I guess you've had the email list and social media (laughs) for years and word of mouth, but like, but like literally, how do you get people to come? Do you just have a team that says, Hey, create an online page and we send email blasts and drive ads to it? I don't, I have no idea. I don't say that. I don't do that. I just research, ride, travel, teach. Their job is to help me spread my message across the world. I hire people whose vision and mission are congruent with what I'm intending. And I tell them and I inspire them to what my vision is and help me do it. Let's go, go make it happen. So I couldn't tell you everything that goes behind the scenes on social media. I know we're in all those things, but I don't do all that. All I do is if they want me to do a message on some sort of social media, they send me a link on a Zoom and they tell me this is the topic or whatever. And I just do a dissertation on it. And then they take care of all that. I don't know. I couldn't tell you. I didn't even have a cell phone till last year. I don't even deal with that. I love it. Are these people employees or contract like vendors that you hire or does it matter? There are some that I guess you would classify as contract. I think there's a little of all that because there's somebody that kind of does management and does things and they hire people. And I don't even know all the people because I have a South African office and I've got for a while there, we had people in Tokyo and Sydney and South Africa and the States and London. And and so I don't even know all the different people until I get there. And then I recognize them and I say hi to them, but I don't, I don't, I don't manage so I don't do all that. All I do is research, write, travel, teach. Depend. Uh, yeah, I don't know all the different prices. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's okay. But I, 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 I had, I just, I paused the recording here, y'all, for a second because I wanted to ask Dr. Demartini if he's comfortable sharing the prices because I wondered how much are these, and you know, it's, it's really you've stayed so true to just doing your thing, but it's fascinating because identifying that through line is that you're a teacher. You're doing exactly what you said you would, but you're the teacher in your own classroom. You created your own school, your own events. People used to pay, or they started out paying $20 per seat to come. How much do they pay now? It depends. I mean, sometimes there's just little webinars, a little simple webinar. They still pay small amounts. And then there's sometimes one and two and three and five and 10 day seminars, Ah. two week seminars. It depends on what we do. And each of those go up in price. They could range from, oh, $1,200, I'd say $1,000 to $1,200 up to $7,000. It depends on what we're doing and the things. Now, since Zoom has come down, we've been able to bring those prices down because we don't have the logistics of the flights and the venues and all that. So we've been able to keep those prices down. But so some of the higher prices are down a bit, closer to the five, 5000 6000 But that's, you know, it depends on the logistics and what we, we, we just take... What I what I have is my fee, and then we find out all the cost, and we put those together, and we calculate that, and we pass that on. Interesting. So that's a <clears> interesting <throat> way of figuring out the pricing. So you basically take your speaking fee, plus you take the cost of the event, you add them together, you figure out how many seats are available, divide it, take the total cost, divide by the number of seats, and there's your there's your price. But with Zoom, you're able to bring bring that down. And I just I, I love this. There's so many reasons that I love this, but your whole story 
is one of just being told you, you know, you can't do it. You're not going to be able to do it. You're not good enough to do it. And then you basically take it into your own hands and completely defy that. And I know a lot of people that are listening to this show, Dr. Demartini, they feel that way in the industry, right? Somebody, they maybe aren't struggling with a speech impediment or the kinds of things that you were, but somebody is saying, you know, you'll never be a great speaker. Like you'll never get booked to speak on a stage. You'll never get a book deal. Like my company will never hire someone like you. And I think there's so much of this industry that people go, Ooh, I got a book deal from a publisher, or I got a company that hired me to do a consulting engagement, or I got a speakers bureau that decided I was good enough to pitch me to their client. And I got a a speaking engagement through these third parties. We forget how much of the world is available to us directly. And when you look at Mark Victor Hansen and Jack Canfield, my personal mentor was one of them was Zig Ziglar. You look at Dave Ramsey, you look, you look at Tony Robbins, you look at Tom Hopkins and Brian Tracy and all of these people. And your story syncs up with that as going, you can find your own clients. You can hire yourself for your own speeches. You can, you can be your own publisher just by adding value to people's lives and whether it's on a cassette tape or it's in a venue or it's on Zoom, it's inspiring to me as at least in this case, usually I'm starting to be the older guy in the room, but you've got many years on me in this industry. It's inspiring to go, that has worked and it it will always work. Well, when the wise big enough, the house take care of themselves, as the old proverb says. When you have a big enough reason to get a message out into the planet, if the publisher, I got rejected by publishers. I got Nightingale Conant rejected me three times. Now they're they're putting products out. You know, that that rejection just means refinement. It doesn't mean anything else. It just means they're either not resonant or it's time to refine what you're doing or just keep going and publish yourself. So I published many books on my own before I did the others. I didn't let any of that stop me from my mission. My mission was to, I wanted to reach billions of people on the planet. And so we do. So that's, but that means I may do five podcasts or 10 podcasts in a day <laughs> or go sit at the BBC and do 21 radio shows in a day. I mean, I don't, I don't care what it takes. I just on a mission to get it done. That's that's if you if you have a an attitude that there's no option, we're going forward, we're making this thing happen. How do we do it? You'll find the way. You'll find the people, the people, places, things, ideas, and events will synchronize in your life and show up in your life if you're just committed to the outcome. All I want to do is study the greatest teachings on the face of the earth by the greatest minds that ever lived, summarize, synthesize, syncretize that, gather that information, devour it synthesize it, come up with something original out of it by the a transcendent awareness and deliver that in such a way that inspired people to go out and do exactly what they would love to do and show them how they can do it. I was told I couldn't. I, I found out I could and they they may think they can't. And if they if they all of a sudden follow some basic principles, they absolutely can. There's no doubt in my mind that people can do something extraordinary with their life if they decide to do it. It's just I'm just gonna pass the torch from what I've learned. That's all. I love it. That is so inspiring. Dr. Demartini, where do you want people to go to connect with you if they want to like stay in touch with what you're up to or find out find out more about your work? <clears throat> All they have to do is go to drdemartini.com. D R D E M A R T I N I.com. drdemartini.com. They could spend the rest of their life on that website because there's so many interviews and YouTubes and things to read and it's an educational website. You know, people have always said you know, this is how you make it a sales website and stuff. And there, there people buy stuff on there, but that wasn't my intention. My intention was an educational website. So I get told that's not how you're supposed to do it. And I said, you don't understand your mission 
is a sales before content. I'm as content before sales. Sales takes care of itself if I do something that's a value. So it's an education. And you'd almost have to believe in Buddhist reincarnation because you're going to need a bunch of lives to probably be able to absorb what's on there. There's a lot of on there. So you're going to have to come back again. <laughs> well, and it, I know, I know you are, but that it, it's, it's like what your dad said, right? I mean, it was that idea that your dad said it basically, if you over deliver, you'll never have to worry about business. And that's my dad was correct. And I thank him for that. I had a, you know, my dad was an engineer and he had background in philosophy and he, he always, he never figured out how he could make a living off philosophy. And he said, but son, you figured out how to study the sciences and religions and philosophies of the world and psychologies and stuff. And you, you were able to do it. So he kind of, he used to come to my class and both, both my, my whole family used to come to the class and it was inspiring to see my dad and mom there. It's just lovely. That's so cool. Well, thanks for sharing your, your some of your personal story and your family and the background. It, it really is inspiring. And your Can personal... I share one more story? I got, sure. Can I say one more thing? Yeah. I when, got I met, to... when I met Paul Bragg in 1972, he had a daughter named Patricia Bragg. A controversial background on that, but there's but his daughter that took on. And she took over the business when he passed. Well, it's interesting. I was speaking in Honolulu at Waikiki, the Hyatt. And I was doing my breakthrough experience program. And in the back of the room, in walks Patricia Bragg. And after I, I, I took a break, and, and at the break, she comes up to me, and she's four foot seven. She comes up to me with this pink outfit on, this hat. And she comes up to me, and she says, that was inspiring. And I said, thank you. And I knew who she was because I, I recognized her from Paul Bragg's books and her books. And she said, you remind me of my father. Amazing. That meant a lot. And she then, when my daughter, she sat with my daughter and she said, if you ever have an opportunity and you have an inspiration and it feels natural for you to want to carry on the work that your father's doing, just know it was inspiring for me to be able to do that with my dad. Well, my daughter is now teaching and doing consulting and doing this and doing and taking over. So she says, step aside, Papa, I'm taking over. So <laughs> I'm still going to be around for another 10,000 years, but I'm going to be doing programs. I'm going to be doing seminars with Ouija boards in the afterlife. So that's okay. I'll, I'll be selling Demartini Ouija boards probably that they can tap into. That's, that's a joke. funny. But, that's but, funny. That my, is my daughter. My daughter is definitely up and coming, and she's she's on the on the ball now. Yeah. Well, that is so cool, and you know, I I feel very much connected to that lineage of just all the personal development teachers that have come before, and it's it's it almost just feels like an honor to sit, sit in that stream and that stream of consciousness as it flows from one generation to the next. And obviously at Brand Builders Group, we serve mission-driven messengers. And so we very much feel like this podcast is mentoring those who are where I was 20 years ago going, how do you become a New York Times bestseller? And how do you get in the hall of fame of public speaking? And how do you make this your full-time business? And how do you speak in front of thousands of people? And it's just like, it just passes from one generation to the next. And it's it's an honor to just be able to carry some small part of that torch for some number of years. It was really, really, really great. It, it's, a, it's a great industry. And there's some, you know, some great people in there that have left great marks. I was chatting. We did a little thing with Dennis Waitley recently. You know, we did a... Uh. His, uh, I know you you saw. I saw the pictures two ago. When it, I did because Darren yeah. Hardy. I think Darren yeah. wasn't Darren Hardy there too. I don't remember who all was there because I just did an hour with him, and that's fantastic. I think he may be trying to meet us up in Tahiti 
next week, this coming week. So I don't know. I'm going to see if I'm, he's going to come on, try to hang on out on this. Well, I saw pictures of an event and I recognized, of course, I recognized Dennis Waitley. And then I recognized several people that were in the room and it was like, wow, that was a, was a, it was a room full of legends. So that's really cool. Yeah. Well, I, I went to Zig Ziglar's class when I was 20 and I went, and I went to Dennis Waitley's class back when I was about that age. So I, I remember my, we met way back then. We, I spoke with Dennis Waitley in 1984 together in Chicago and also Wayne Dyer and, you know, Deepak and all the characters. Yeah. And so I got, I had, I've had, I've been blessed to meet a lot of uh, great people along the way. And yeah. They all add a little piece to the puzzle along the way. We all do. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's the other thing about this industry. That's really amazing is just, I mean, I guess it's probably true for most industries, but it's like, if you hang around long enough, you end up meeting all these people. Like if there, it's, it, you know, you, you end up being at the parties, you're sharing the stage with them. You're in the green room. You're, you're on the TV shows. You have book launches at the same time. You, you know, these, you're on each other's podcasts these days or whatever. It's really fulfilling. Well, thank you for sharing part of that legacy and, and that history with us today. And such, such an inspiring story. And I know that there are people listening right now who will go, yeah, I can just do this. I can just find people to help and love on and, I can be in charge of my own destiny and put on my own events and just pour into their lives. And if I over deliver, I'll, I'll never have to worry about business. So we wish you the best, Dr. John. And you know, make sure you hit drdmartini.com if you get a chance and, and go over there and check out some more about him and what he's up to and, and his daughter. And we just we look forward to staying in touch and, and all the best. Thank you so much for having me on your show and for asking questions and appreciate it very much. Thank you. Hi, it's AJ Vaden, and thanks for listening to the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. Did you know that the ideas we share on the show are things we actually specialize in helping you implement? If you want to raise your public profile and turn your reputation into revenue, please visit freecall.brandbuildersgroup.com to sign up for a free brand strategy call with one of our personal brand strategists. Again, that's freecall.brandbuildersgroup.com to sign up for your free call. Talk to you soon. I had no idea that I was going to love the interview that I did with Dr. John Demartini as much as I did. That interview was inspiring. It was informative. It was instructional. Like, I thought that was so cool and awesome. And I mean, there are so many great lessons from that. And I'm going to draw out just, just like always, I'm going to share with you sort of like my top takeaways, my top highlights for you and how I'm going to apply them to my life and how I think you might be able to apply them to yours and to your business. But the very first one here is the story of how he started his business. What was it? 40 years ago, 40 years ago. He spoke for free to generate clients for his practice. He spoke for free. Then he started charging $20 a seat. And now today he charges $7,000 per seat. This is always the model. Like this is the model. And it's like from 40 years ago to 30 years ago to 10 years ago to five years ago to two years ago. You got to speak for free. You got to get out there. I mean, we call this chicken on a stick inside of our membership community. It's like you're walking through Whole Foods and they give you chicken on a stick or you go through the food court, they give you chicken on a stick. Why? Because people need to sample you. 
They need to get a taste of what you're about. They need to get an opportunity to know a little bit about who you are and to experience a little bit of benefit enough to where they go, that was fabulous. I want more. And so that principle has never changed and it never will change, right? Like it's the fastest way to take someone from a stranger. Why do they spend money giving out samples in stores? Because I don't know your brand. And it's like, you rarely see it with big brands, right? Like if Doritos launches some new chip, they're not giving away tons of samples across the nation typically because it's Doritos. Everyone is like, yeah, I know Doritos. I'll try it. Like I like, if you like Doritos, I don't, but like, if you like Doritos, you go, okay, I'm going to try this because I recognize the brand, but especially the newer, the brand, the younger, the brand, the more lesser known the brand is, the more important it is for the sample, right? And you go, I've never heard of this type of chicken, but you know, or this seasoning, but you put it in your mouth and you go, oh my gosh, that's incredible. And in that case, it's like the product is selling itself, not the brand. And when you're, when you're just starting out as a personal brand, your product, your expertise, your content, it is your content that people are buying. They're buying the solution to their problem. They're buying your methodology. They're, they're buying the idea that you're an expert. Later, when you break through Sheehan's wall, they're buying you. They're buying you because it's you right? That's what everybody did with Gary Vaynerchuk's NFT thing with VFriends, right? Half the people who bought it didn't even understand it. They don't even know what the heck it is. Like they still probably don't understand it because it's like new and pretty complicated. But you go, why did they buy it? Because it's Gary V, because they trust him. Millions of people are sampling him every day and have been for 15 years. What are you doing for people to sample you? They have to sample you. They have to have a free chapter, a free download, a podcast, a video of you, several videos on social, your blog, right? Like everything that we do in the relationship engine ecosystem is about creating these little mini assets where people can sample you. They are basically chicken on a stick and they occur as tweets and LinkedIn posts and blog posts and medium posts and YouTube videos and Instagram videos. Of course, we use the content diamond, which ties that all together from just one main video a week that we repurpose. There's a video on my blog, by the way, if, you ha- if you're not familiar with the content diamond, if you've never heard me talk about that term, just go to RoryVadenBlog.com and then search for content diamond and it will it'll pop up. But like, The point is you have to put yourself out there, not even yourself. Like you have to put your content out there, your expertise out there in a way that people can sample it because they've never heard of you. But if they like your content, it'll override it, right? Like just because I've never heard of this type of seasoning, if I taste it and put it in my mouth and go, that was amazing. Like, or I've never eaten at this restaurant. If I taste it, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to eat at this spot in the food court. That's how it's done. And Dr. Demartini has been doing this for years. And it's just another example of this timeless principle. And so don't get lost in the tactics and the like, you know, I don't, I don't know if this is working and I don't like this platform and I'm not, it doesn't even matter really where it happens. It can be a speech. It can be a podcast. It can be a video. It can be an article. It can be a tweet. It can be any of these things, but you've got to put your expertise out there. You've got to add value and solve problems for people and answer questions for them so that they can sample you and build trust. That is why we do I mean, that's our whole content marketing strategy. That's it. The second takeaway from Dr. Martini, which was interesting because I've done this and heard a lot of this, but never thought about it quite in this way, which I thought was super sharp, was he said, 
you know, I started speaking for free and then I had a fee and people would pay me. And then as my fee got higher, less and less people could afford me. But what several of the audiences did is they would do a revenue share with me. And that is how the conference could afford me. That was how I could get my speaker fee. And that's a really important way to think about it. I mean, especially if you're beginning, you should be taking every gig you get. Like you should be taking every opportunity to practice and hone your craft and get out there and rehearse your content and do that and build your email list and all those things. But the other thing is going, if you can make an offer from stage and you can sell something, and typically what we're going to say is, I mean, in world-class presentation craft, which is our phase one, course three of our curriculum, we teach about the mechanics of what to say to sell from on stage. And we talk about full offers and soft offers. A full offer is when you're asking for a credit card. A soft offer is when you're just like offering people a free call or a free download. When you're first starting out, if you're making a full offer, I would say you probably want to keep it under $200 because it, it takes quite a bit of skill to sell to a room full of people something north of $200 and not like you know, turn a bunch of people off. But most of what our clients do and what we do is when we speak, we do soft offers. We don't sell anything. We give away free calls and then we do one-on-one calls and we do the selling there. And that is the way to do it. And even to this day, there are some events that I will speak at because they don't have my fee, but they will allow me to do an offer and they will allow me to follow up after the event and get emails and do all this stuff. And we can make our feedback in other ways if it's the right audience, if they're you know perfect for us. So the revenue share from the sales that come at the events is another way that you can get your fee. Or maybe you don't even have to do a revenue share with the event host. Maybe the deal is you go speak for free, but you get to make an offer and you get to keep all the money at the back. I mean, all of that is kind of like part of the normal negotiation, but don't just turn away an event because they don't have your fee, especially if they really want you. Like if they're really your fans, they're really your people, they love your stuff. Hopefully, you know, and if you've been in our community, hopefully you're learning ways to monetize. I mean, I know you're learning the ways because we teach them to you, but like you have other ways to monetize other than just your speaking fee. And that also opens up a lot more opportunity for places that you can speak because even if you don't get your speaking fee, you can you can make the same or more money by what comes at the back of the room or from free calls after or from getting people on your email list and then you sell you know, after the event is over. And that's huge. And again, part of why I love this conversation is one, that's sharp and kind of like a new way of, you know, just a really clear way of thinking about it. But the other is it shows you that this idea, this is a principle that has been around since the beginning of personal brands. Like, that you speak for free and then you're selling at the back and that is how you make your living. And that is how I made my first dollars as a personal brand. I spoke for free and I sold my self-published book at the back of the room. And then after that, I spoke for free and I sold tickets to a half-day event at the back of the room. And then, you know, from there it evolved and evolved. And then, you know, when we sold, we sold CD sets for a while and then we sold courses and then we sold the expensive live event tickets. And then we sold coaching programs. And then, you know, nowadays we just drive free calls and then we talk to people and then we sell them whatever they need. And some of the stuff we sell is 99 bucks. We have, we have stuff that's 25 bucks, 99 bucks. Most of the stuff we do is obviously our membership program. And we've got different tiers of that, that fit sort of every budget. So you can do it. People have done it. Dr. John Martina has built this whole career doing it. It has worked. It does work. It will work. Revenue share from the back of the room. 
And then the third thing was something was when he was talking about what his dad said. And this is so simple, right? But it's just so good. He said, son, if you always over deliver, you'll never have to worry about having enough business. If you always over deliver, you will never have to worry about having enough business. That is so strong and clear and simple and profound and true and was true, is true, and will be true to come. Like if you always over deliver, if you always give people more than they are expecting, if you always give people more than what they paid for, if you always deliver above and beyond what they need or what they deserve, like whatever the transaction is, if you exceed that, you're never going to have to worry about business because you're going to have advocates out there. I did a reel on this on my Instagram. My Instagram handle is at Rory Vaden. And I did a reel on this about how to select the right price. And you know, my, my whole point is going, it doesn't so much matter what you charge. It doesn't so much matter what your price is. What matters is that you always deliver more than the price that you're charging for, right? You always deliver more than the price you're charging for. So it could be a hundred million dollars and you, as long as you're delivering a billion dollars of value, it's worth it, right? If it's $10. And so we use the, something that we call the rule of 10, which is price it at one tenth of what it's actually worth, right? So if our goal, if we're going to, you know, let's say it was $10,000, we want to deliver a hundred thousand dollars of value that we go like, we really believe this is worth a hundred thousand dollars. This will, you will make a hundred thousand dollars from what you've learned here. And we're going to charge 10,000. That gives you a lot of conviction. That gives you a lot of strength. That gives you a lot of enthusiasm when you're sharing the price and talking about your program and you don't have fear because you're going, this is, you'd be crazy not to do this, which is how I feel about brand builders. I'm just like, y'all, we are the cheapest, most insanely valuable education there is. I mean, what we give to our members for what they pay is worth tens of millions of dollars. Like, we have proven it. Like we have made millions of dollars from these things that we've had to learn from 7,900 different sources and pull it together and give it to you step by step. And just going, if you haven't requested a call with our team, like request a call, go to free brand pod call or whatever, whatever the advertisement is, you can go to freecall.roryvaden.com. I know that one works or whatever the ad is that we place on here, but like if you're liking this and you've been listening to this for a minute, you should request a call, right? Like it costs some money to do to work with us, but it is extraordinary what people get and the experience and the results that people are having. And the other people in the community alone, like if you learn nothing, just being around the other members of our community is insane. Like our community is epic. I mean, you're at an event sitting next to New York Times bestselling authors and Hall of Fame speakers and eight-figure entrepreneurs and billionaires and people who've sold their, their companies for hundreds of millions of dollars and people who are multi-seven-figure you know, direct sales or network marketing people and the top of their profession or their industry. And maybe you've never heard of them, but they just crush their industry. Like They're the most well-known in their thing. And they're all just sitting. We're like all in the same space. It blows me away. Like Our members, our clients are the most amazing people, actors and actresses on TV, Obviously, the author thing, there's former pro athletes, tons of people with like hundreds of thousands of followers or tens of thousands of followers. And there's like sitting right next to you. I mean, our events are crazy. So, and that's how we design it. 
right? And it's because of exactly what Dr. Demartini's dad told him. And then he did. And so many, you know, Zig Ziglar was one of our mentors and he did it and over deliver, over deliver, give people more than they expect, more than they deserve, more than they paid for and watch it come back to you. Watch it change your life. Watch it change your business. Watch it radically flood your bank account. Like just do it for a while. Go, what are people expecting and how can I give them more than that? How can I constantly be pushing the envelope of adding value, adding value? And our team is doing this. Like our team is awesome. You know, I'll log into like our members portal and be like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. Like where did that feature come from? Because our team is just doing it and you want to create that culture. And even if it didn't pay off somehow in money, I mean, it always does, but like it pays off in impact. It pays off in purpose. It pays off in this feeling that you're contributing to the world and that what you're doing is good and that you're adding value to people's lives. And it gives you the conviction that other people should buy from you. And that is worth a lot. It's worth a lot to you, especially if you have call reluctance and sales reluctance like I've had for so much of my career because I don't want to annoy people and I don't want to be pushy and I don't want to be aggressive. And so you got to be convicted on the value of what you do. And so use the rule of 10, use the rule of 10. It's just make sure that the, the value you deliver far exceeds the price that you charge. That's it. Make sure the value you deliver far exceeds the price that you charge. Because as Dr. Demartini's dad says, if you over deliver. If you always over deliver, you will never have to worry about having enough business. And I hope that you feel loved on as a listener of this show. We would love to talk to you. So hopefully you at some point, you know, request a call with our team or just keep tuning in like, and, and just keep tuning in or just keep tuning in. We're here for you. It literally fills us up to know that you are on the other end every week listening to this show. Even if we never, ever have any financial exchange, it is the greatest honor and privilege to know that you're gifting us your attention and your time, and you're willing to allow us and our guests to be an influence in your life. And it's just an honor. I mean, and we absolutely love it. So I hope we get to meet you in person at some point, but thank you for tuning in. Thank you for sharing this with your friends. Thank you for leaving your comments and your reviews on iTunes and telling people about this. And just please keep coming back and know that our heart is to over-deliver. And hey, if you don't think we're over-delivering or if you have ideas about how we could, leave that as a comment on iTunes. Let us know because that's that's the desire of our heart is to is to really serve you in that way. That's it for this version of the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. Rory Vaden, out. That's all we've got for this episode of the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. But here's some great news. One of the most valuable things you can do to help us and other new potential listeners to find our show is for you to both rate this show and leave a review. So as a special bonus for you, if you leave us a comment in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen, take a screenshot of your review and email it to podcast at brandbuildersgroup.com. We will give you free 30-day access to 25 of our most popular interviews on video in your own private members-only area. So go right now, rate us, review us, and then send a screenshot of it into podcast at brandbuildersgroup.com. And we'll get you set up with free access to our most popular video interviews all in one place. 
Also, just please share, share, share this podcast with anyone who you think might enjoy it. And until next time, remember that building a business isn't nearly as valuable as building a reputation. Thank you.